You, my friend, are listening to episode 66 of GameSpot After Dark. On this week's episode, Kurt, myself, Tamor, and Lucy talk all about the Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5. Hello and welcome to episode 66 of GameSpot After Dark. I'm your host, Jake Decker, and joining me this week is Lucy James. Hiya. Tamor Hussein. Hi. And the man without a next-gen console, Kurt Indovina. <laughs> Greetings. Wow, why you the, got to do like that? The everyman, the voice I mean, of true. the people. Yeah, exactly. if, any, if anything, I get to those uh, people get to vicariously, you know, hear my 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 ignorant thoughts about the things that I don't have as I sit well, among others who have them. Have yet, because you got my spare pre-order. Yeah, which I got to get a hazmat suit for. Yeah, I was just going to leave it on the street. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. Give me just a time for yeah. Give me a time frame, and I'll just go see if it's still there. I know like whereabouts where you live, so if you leave it on the street, I might just drive up there and grab it and and have two, and then I'll sell it to Kurt. Well, I know, I know, roughly. I haven't given you money yet, Lucy. I know. So Jake could totally steal it. He'll (laughs) reap the profits of it. Uh, But anyway, this is GameSpot's official video game podcast. This week, we are going to talk all about the next-gen consoles. If you listened last week, we talked a little bit about them, but there was a lot we couldn't say. Fortunately, this week, we can talk about almost everything, I believe. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we should be good to go. That means I went back to a lot of questions that people asked last week, added them this week. But before we do that, we are going to talk a little bit about what we've been playing. Lucy, do you want to start with this one? Okay, because mine has the most, like, stipulations around it. Yeah, I feel like it'll be it'll be a quicker one. I can share that I have been playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I can share that I'm not reviewing the game. Uh, I'm not playing on Series X or S because I don't have one. I'm playing on One X, um, my Taco Bell one, which does the bong whenever you turn it on. Um, I can't say anything about the game but I can share my mood after playing. (laughs) Which, you know what? I kind of like that it's like a weird Rorschach test of uh, impressions. Like you can't say anything about the game, but you can share like, and how did that make you feel? Um, I felt good after playing it. I don't I don't know. I I never think about like my actual mood when playing games because usually I just like zone out and so if you had to de- if you had to describe it like if you were looking at the butterfly Rorschach and I was like, what mm. do you see? Mm-hmm. What would you say? What shape is the ink block? Um it it would probably be um I have an answer like for this. The Assassin's Creed symbol. No, go on. <laughs> a a lot more simple than what odysseys would look like (laughs) yeah so like if if odysseys was the assassin's creed logo with like a shitload of stuff around it then the um the uh, valhalla one is just like a viking-ish uh just a nice assassin's creed symbol if odyssey is the standard a would you say valhalla is like comic sans italicized a no i think i think valhalla is like a nice Sans, oh, sans serif, like oh. a serif oh, okay. font. Mm. Classy and, and just, you know. What open world game is uh, Comic Sans? Uh, Crackdown. Crackdown, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was starting to think of the Times Times New Roman of the Assassin's Creed. Uh, that would be like series. two. Yeah, like two. a Times New Roman. Like the, the, the one that everyone wants to be. 
this is this has gone off a tangent. I'm playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I can't really say anything about it. Yeah, so we have to make up for it by comparing it to fonts and, yeah. and oil. That's the, that's the new scale, the new yes. review scale. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is I a mean, this is a fine Helvetica. I've been playing it on Series X, and I think I can say what it looks like on Series X, right? You can and, share the graphics quality as part of your Series X and S coverage. I will say it looks great lots of lots of pixels there and it runs pretty well i don't i like the the frame rate has been super solid on series x i don't know if that counts about how it looks i might have to cut that but i think that's pretty safe to say Uh, you look at a frame rate a little bit a little bit behind the scenes ordinarily when we write a review and it's published sometimes we have publishers and developers reach out to us and be like hey i noticed you wrote a review we really like this phrasing or this word is it okay if we license it from you to use it in our marketing and we'd approve it? I think this might be the first time where I might actively reach out to Ubisoft and say, can you use this <laughs> quote? And it's just lots lots of pixels there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, if they want to put me on the box, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, exactly. Put on the back. Yeah. It's not even GameSpot. It's just Jake Decker. Yeah, d- yeah don't put GameSpot there. for that. Just yeah. put me. <laughs> At Jacob Deck. Anyway. I have been playing. Actually, Kurt, why don't we do you next? I feel like you started with Lucy, who's actually playing something people are anticipating and care about. Not that people don't care about what I'm playing, but I've been playing a lot of Minecraft <laughs> uh, more than I ever have in in, in in its existence. Why? What what led you onto Minecraft? Uh, it was our very own Robert Handelry, who just texted me out of the blue. I was like, I want to play Minecraft. Um, And since then, it's so like previously back in the day, like the many, many years ago when I first started playing it, my girlfriend and I, Juliana, would play it. And it would be one of those like sinkholes of like 12 hours of like of of disappearing into the into the literal caverns of Minecraft and just taken by its music. And it's I don't know, it's very meditative and therapeutic. And I think because I don't have a new console yet, I know that they're on the way. But in the meantime, I've, I'm kind of caught up on what I've been wanting to play. So uh, Minecraft's been been the thing. Either that or the 51 classic games and Nintendo Switch. Just embracing all of my old manisms. Mm. Um, yeah, Minecraft. I, I, used to, I used to play a lot of Minecraft, well, I don't know, years and years ago. I mean, I say a lot. A lot for me, not as much as many other people, I'm sure. But I used to find myself building for hours and then not doing anything once I was done building it being like, all right, my goals are done. And then mm-hmm. that's where I would stop. Like I always had these plans like, Oh, this will be, this will be the farm. This will be where I can like go do this, this, and then it's done. And I'm like, now nah, I'm good. I'm done. I never really played with more than one other person. And this is like the first time where it's me and three others. It's like four of us are like building a community and like going in on one day and we're like, Hey, we're going to explore in this direction. And then we have to be prepared for it. And then usually in most cases we walk into something we're totally not prepared for or somebody gets, cause that game has changed wildly over the years. Yeah. And now there's like monks who attack you. And also if you kill one of them, you get cursed. And the only what? way to break the curse is you have to drink like a bucket of milk. But if that happens while you're, out in the middle of nowhere where you don't have cows or the ability to like create an iron bucket to get the milk. It's, it's, it's very, that game's stressful if you play that in just normal survival mode. So it's been good. It's been like, we've been, we've been bonding as a team uh, and getting really stressed out in certain scenarios. We went to the nether for the first time as a group and that was terrifying. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the moment the new consoles are out, I mean, it's, it's likely that it'll stop. 
Well, you know, you don't play know. play Minecraft on Series X, man. Yes. Yeah. Or yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or you know, uh, get those little, frames, dude. You know, honestly, the pixels. Think yes. of the pixels. I want a lot more pixels. <laughs> I want to be able to see the 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 few pixels that are in that game. But uh, honestly, we'll just wait for the election. That's the, honestly, I'm just waiting for that day in which I will like <sighs> dip into Minecraft. That, that's like, I'm anticipating it. It's like, I have a set date for the moment the announcement happens. And, and regardless, I'm going to go into Minecraft. Yeah. I've got a white claw in the fridge. Yeah. Probably a bottle of bourbon on my way. Oh no. I've got, I've got, a, I've got a red wine. I've got a red wine. Ooh, yeah. Cause you're a, you're a wine lady now. Welcome to my world. Now. Anyway. Uh, I have been playing Yakuza like a dragon. Uh, that jealous. is a launch title for series X and S kind of a launch title. It's also come into windows and it comes to, playstation later in the year or next I year it's i guess next year. it's like march yeah yeah it's march next year i think like march 25th or something like that but as someone who has never really gotten into the yakuza series i'm very into like a dragon it's mm-hmm. really good to more lucy you guys have played a good amount of yakuza so this is probably nothing new but it's so funny it's so funny mm-hmm. and i've always known they were funny but when i tried zero i couldn't really get into it Ugh. when i tried kiwami i couldn't really get into it and I didn't try any other ones because I figured if I'm not going to get into those ones, I probably shouldn't jump into Kiryu's Saga like late down the yeah. line. I mean, those but games this... are so deceiving with their comedy. So it's actually kind of exciting to hear that Like a Dragon feels full force into it. Yeah. yeah it's, it... The previous games are funny, but they're balanced with a little more drama. This game mm-hmm. feels more overtly funny from the outset. It's, it is more comedy than previous yakuza games and that's mainly because of ichiban as a character he's not as stoic as kiryu um he's a bit of a goof by nature which means he gets into weird scenarios and also people treat him like a bit of a class clown of the city um so it's more funny that way yeah i mean he like one of the big things about his character is that he's a big dragon quest fan like actually dragon quest which I'm people who are familiar that know in. that but yeah, I, I remember we talked about it on the podcast when Tam and I went to Japan to go see it. Well, we went to see Persona Royal, Five Royal, but um, they talked about the Dragon Quest stuff and we brought it up on the podcast and I was like, I don't know how they're going to get away with that. Like, is that going to get cut for the Western release? So I'm glad that it's still in there because it looked really, like, it's just nice to see worlds collide like that. Mm-hmm. It's not as prevalent as i expected like Mm. i figured he'd always be talking about dragon quest it hasn't happened a lot granted i'm only about halfway through the game so there could be more of that but i almost prefer that like i think it would have gotten annoying if every scene he was comparing things to dragon quest but but it's very nuanced kind Mm. of i mean as much as it can be i would say but the way he talks about it is, is so I, I don't know. It's so innocent because he wants to be a hero like in Dragon Quest and he always tries to do the best thing he possibly can, always tries to do good to others. And it's very wholesome, even though there are some very weird and strange scenes that will certainly take people off guard. Yeah, it's funny. You know, like the idea of the things that Ichiban takes away from Yakuza specifically are things that are common in like most Japanese media games rpgs and even like shown in that kind of stuff it's just the idea of being a hero and having a close-knit family of friends to kind of support you um but they use it really subtly uh, i'm surprised they could they could do that even without dragon quest but i feel like it just lands a bit harder 
because they mentioned Dragon Quest. It's like a, a shortcut to knowing the character, which is used effectively. And they also phrase it, they, they set up the combat in that way as well. So like the fights in actual, the real world are happening as normal fights would, but because we're seeing it, it through the perspective of Ichiban, his mind is interpreting everything that is happening as an RPG, and that's the framework for the game. So it's not like it's not turn-based in real life. His brain is just making it turn-based, and that's what we're seeing, which is, I think it's really, really clever and smart. Yeah, they do a lot of cool things with enemies too in that same regard, right? Like you'll see him on the street, and it's just a dude walking around, but then you get into the fight, and Ichiban's imagination goes crazy, and then you're fighting some giant guy with using using like a... I don't know, a a lead pipe is a sword and a trash can lid is a shield and whatnot. And and it just, it's, it's really charming. It works very well. And and the combat I think is pretty good. Uh, It's not like, I mean, if you're a fan of persona five or expecting that level of JRPG combat or even dragon quest 11, it doesn't quite hit that. There are some aspects that I wish were kind of built on a little bit more, but it's still a lot of fun. And I think the animations and ridiculousness kind of make up for that. Yeah, that's my most anticipated game next week, next to Demon Souls. But I would actually say, I think just out of the gate, I'm more excited for some reason to play Yakuza Like a Dragon, probably because it's a new game. And like, mm-hmm. I love Judgment as well, like the last kind of offshoot in that in that whole thing. So I can't wait. I'm so, so pumped. Yeah, I think people are really going to like it. And, and I hope it gets a bigger audience, considering it is kind of being positioned as a launch title for Series X. I hope a lot of people end up picking it up and giving it a shot because I think people will really enjoy it even if traditionally they haven't been super into Yakuza like myself for example but anyway with that Tamora you have been playing Miles Morales PS5 game Miles Morales which I can now talk about because before we move on the uh, for Yakuza Michael's review is up on the site um, I believe we gave it a 9 out of 10 it's a really good review it's worth checking out yeah, also, really also up on the site by now should be Jordan Ramey's uh, review of Miles Morales, which is also a very, very good game. Um, yeah, it's it's a lot of a very familiar game at the same time. Like it is very much built on the back of the Spider-Man game that Insomniac did a few years ago. Um, and a lot of it feels familiar. There's there's a level of wanting. I think the tricky thing about it is because I played it on a PS4, I wanted it to be drastic and different and try and do new things and show me what 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 the console is capable of and also new ideas from it. But that's not what they do. But at the same time, it's not something that I'm upset about because the original game was a really good game. It felt good to play and it feels like a comfortable experience jumping into it. Um, so things like the unique new things here, like like Miles's new powers, the Venom stuff and stealth and his ability to cloak are nice bells and whistles on an already good um, gameplay set of gameplay systems that were established with the Peter adventure. Um, what really makes this game worth checking out is the story and characterization i think introducing miles and giving him his own space to be a spider-man has been really valuable for a lot of people i think a lot of people will have enjoyed that game and it might be even be their first look at the spider-man universe wider universe so getting the opportunity to see miles and how he fits in is really really valuable he's a fantastic character he's just a wholesome character and 
his his kind of like place within the spider universe i wish it was more distinct um he feels like another spider-man that but not like they don't do a great job of showing why he's a good spider-man in his own right um but they still do a great job of showing him as a Spider-Man who's in his early days and is kind of, you know, um, learning the ropes and taking on his first challenges. I think over time, my hope is we get more games out of him because, mm. you know, the arc arc of him is like he he gains some confidence over the course of this game. So I would love it if they're like Insomniacs, that you know there's going to be another Spider-Man game. So like, I would love it if they did the thing where it was mainline first up, we have Peter Adventure, and then we're going to follow that up a year later with a Miles Adventure. But they're always kind of like in each other's games as well in the way that they're... Because Peter is in Miles's game for a little bit. Um, and I'd love that if they did that. But yeah, on PS5, the main things are it looks stunning. It loads super fast. It's, you know there's ridiculous effects like ray tracing there was one moment where i tried to attack an enemy um that wasn't there because it was a reflection of another enemy on a glass window that's how like clear it was and i was like oh shit that's not an actual person that's just a character and then like you find yourself swinging across the city and see your reflection in in a window on a skyscraper and stop to have a look and you see inside buildings and that kind of stuff so a lot of technical things. The game I most liken it to is Infamous uh, Second Son in terms of how it feels, like visually. Like there's a lot of like cool effects. You know how they had the whole like lightning stuff with Delson or the neon stuff with Delson. Like they take, imagine that, but with, uh, you know, yellow lightning for miles. And that's the kind of big vibe that this game has got going for it. Um, that's the cool wow factor effect that it constantly does. But now the... Uh, PS5 embargo has lifted and Matt Paget did our review on it um, and one of the things he calls out in his review specifically as it pertains to Miles Morales is there's a moment where you're kind of inside a, an area doing an infiltration thing and you need to make a quick getaway and you kind of web a vent and Miles kind of pulls himself through the vent and just explodes out into the real world and you carry on swinging it's it's like 10 seconds less than that and it doesn't in the moment, it probably won't register what's happened there. But like that seamless transition from a closed inside environment into an outside open world without a loading screen, that's pretty much the poster child for what this generation is capable of. No loading screen, no slowdown, no, no, nothing immediate, no immersion broken in out. And like that, there's stuff like that that's so impressive, that's subtle and just kind of hanging hanging around in the game that you might notice but there's loads of like really cool things that that game is doing lucy you played it too right I just did. out of curiosity how long did it take you because i know a lot of people initially were worried that this would be a smaller or shorter experience than spider-man 2018 17? yeah no 18. 18 uh so i did the main campaign i think in about nine ten hours john luke on our team said he took him 15 hours to 100 percent collect everything um but honestly it I fell off Spider-Man 2018 because it was just too, too big for me. And honestly, I've said this before, I'm not like a huge Peter Parker fan. He's just a bit like he's there. He's fine. But Miles, given that he is a much more fleshed out character, or at least a much more like, I don't know. He's... I, he's I, like You've got to be careful when Peter fans come in. Oh, I know. No, it's not that I don't like Peter Parker. It's just like, I, I like him enough. I, he's got baggage. 
He has and baggage it's, and it's it's just nice to have something refreshing uh, come in like with a game like this where everything's super familiar to you, but it's very tight. There's no like lagging in terms of story. Like the story never gets bogged down at any point. I think it's a perfect length. Doesn't that stay? It's welcome. And in terms of the collectibles as well, they all, it seems it is really achievable and attainable. It's not like, oh, okay, I'm going to spend the next two hours collecting all these backpacks across Manhattan. Like it's, you know, and it's a really good length and I really enjoyed it. And it like, it gripped me all the way through. Yeah. The th- the thing about that story. And I think what also speaks to what Lucy's saying is like, Peter, Peter is an amazing character. I love Peter, but I love him because I've been with him for what, 20 something years. Mm. And I know everything he's been through and the things that he's been through are ridiculous. And it's even manifest somewhat in the main Spider-Man game, right? Like you're, there's a bit of fantasy. There's more fantasy in that than there is in Miles's story. Miles's story is way more grounded. It's about him, his family, his place within this world, and him understanding who he is. And because of that, it's more relatable as a story. Like he he doesn't it's about have his community as well. Yeah, it's right? about, it's his, about community. his place in the world. Yeah, it's not about a doctor that suddenly finds a way to graft arms onto himself and goes a bit nuts on on a city. You know. And I mean, Peter did have that sense of community as well. Mm. Like, I'm not saying that he didn't. I just think Miles is is just like way more of a um, streamlined story. And I don't know. I like it a lot more. Having played Spider-Man 2018, I think I'm in the same boat as as Lucy where I think I hit like the 20 hour mark and I just stopped. Like, I I just Mm. didn't. I don't even think I had that much further to go, but I eventually just fell off of it. And that isn't to say that I don't mind longer games, but there is like kind of, you know, it gets to a point where that game to me, you know, gets bloated with uh, at some points, mm-hmm. whether it's with collectibles or, or just a, a, a list, a checkoff list of things to do. So at first when I saw like the 10 hours, I was like, huh, that's, that's shorter than I, than I just like initially thought. But at the same time, like I kind of look forward to games being a little yeah. shorter these days. Uh, and I do know it's, it is a budget title, correct? It's not a full priced $60, $70 game. I think it's yeah, 40. I think it's forty dollars, yeah. but you can pay more on PS Five to get a the remaster right, of Spider Man, right. which is what I opted going for because, like, like you two, I didn't finish Spider Man twenty eighteen, and I kind of figured I should probably play through that before I do yeah. Miles Morales. But yeah. after hearing you talk, Lucy, it kind of sounds like I may not need to do that if I want. I can just jump right into yeah Miles. You can just you can absolutely just jump into Miles. Mm-hmm. There's a little recap that it plays for you. Um, at the beginning of the game or you can opt to watch the little recap you can watch it at any time from the main menu um if you really need to get caught up but actually i don't think you really do cool all right well let's move on to topics this week And we're back. We are going to be talking about the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X. I've been playing on the Series X these past couple weeks. Lucy, you've been on the PS5 and Tamor, you've kind of been dabbling in both. Mm-hmm. But I unbox- I also unboxed the Series S and X. So if you've got questions about oh, its yeah. weight, that's the only place I can weigh it. Wait. Those were boxed pretty nicely mm-hmm. too, right? With like the open it up like and they're all little, wrapped up, gift wrapped. Yeah, yeah they're, going on. the Xbox One X at least is the easiest unboxing experience I've ever had. Mm-hmm. It like when you open it, it presents it to you and then you just like <laughs> pluck it out of the box and move on with your life. Yeah, grab the controller out of like a little slot in the back, the power cord's good to go. And, and it's perfect for repackaging it. Too. Yeah, Wait, One X? setting up the, the, oh, I'm sorry, or the Series X. Series X, okay. 
yeah, I was yeah. gonna say, isn't even booting up the console like as long as you have the app? Oh uh, yeah, it's you like can, yeah. So it starts doing stuff, but you can do the the rest of the steps coming ahead on your phone via the app, and then it will just sync it up and do it. Have either one of you set it up with a like Google Home or Alexa to talk can to you? Do that? I, yes, can you do that? yes. Which that is another like reason, video. Yeah, what? which is one of the things I was so like I was uh, reading up and learning about it, and I realized that in a weird twist, it's it's very reminiscent to the Xbox One's pitch with the Connect. You can actually yeah. hook it up to your Google Home and be like, "Hey Google, turn on the Xbox One or I'm, whoa, the Xbox Series X," and it'll do it. You can even tell it to like start a specific game, and it will. Wait, you can do that with Xbox One as well. I didn't realize I could do that. Yeah, I like, didn't know my, that my, my TV turns on when I turn on the PlayStation 5, so I assume it'll do the same with the Series X. I, yeah. Whenever I turn my TV on, it turns on the Xbox, which I find infuriating. <laughs> so that's what my PlayStation 4 does. My PlayStation 4 Pro, whenever I try to turn on my TV, it turns on my PlayStation, and then that hijacks the HDMI. And I'm like, no. Don't do this, please. Yeah. The PS5 did that initially, but I turned it off. I did the same thing. I turned it off on the Xbox, but it just will not stick. It just It's like, no, I'm turning on whether you like it or not. <laughs> well, anyway, we are going to share some of our final thoughts about these consoles. Before we get into it, though, I do want to say uh, our reviewer for the PS5, Matt Paget, and our reviewer for both the Xboxes, Michael Hyam, will be joining next week on the podcast, and we're going to do a sort of little debate-style uh, podcast about oh, which is better. Yeah, I had this. I, I have this whole thing planned. I don't want to spoil it, but it, it's gonna be it's gonna be neat. I'm excited for it. But anyway, do you want to start with the PlayStation Five? Mm. Because there are more. There's more mystery surrounding the PlayStation Five than the Series X at this point. Lucy, how have you been getting on with it? I love it. Um, well, I'm still on the fence about how it looks. Honestly, I'm not. Um, I don't know. Doesn't fit your aesthetic, right? It doesn't fit my aesthetic. I've said it. I don't know. I've said it a lot. But also, it's a it's a console that's not really made to be moved. Let's put it that way, because it is kind of like awkward with the the big flaps and the curves. Um, but in terms of like now, we can talk about the UI and what it's actually like to use the thing. Um, I think it looks really sleek, much cleaner. Uh, runs really nicely. There is no quick resume. So there is a quick switcher, so you can quickly like go from what whatever last game you were playing and boot that up. But it boots it up from the beginning. There's no like you can't just leave it in a suspended state. It has to be from the beginning. So that's obviously a shame. And like Xbox are obviously been shouting about the quick resume feature um, for a while now with the Series X, and I is kind of sad that PlayStation doesn't have that. But it does have a lot of other cool like little nice fixes. So there's like a system-wide thing that it does now where you can set um, like difficulty preferences and subtitle preferences. So when you boot up a game that supports those, it'll automatically have the preferences that you want. Like, especially if you invert your controls or invert your camera, it'll do that for you at a system-wide level, which is cool. Um, I'm going to pimp the merch, but I made a video about all the cool, like hidden stuff in the PS5. So look out for that on youtube.com slash GameSpot. But it was, it was really cool to just go through and look at all that stuff. Um, loading times are quick. So I put a bunch of PS4 games on it. Um, loading times are much faster. Um, I've been playing a couple of optimized things. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima got optimized and it looks real nice, real crispy. Um, 
And in terms of the headset too, I like the headset a lot. One thing I saw Jean-Luc post in the in the in our PlayStation Slack channel was that now it like kind of lumps games and betas together so that when you're yeah. scrolling through your games, it's not like Call of Duty, Call of Duty Beta, Call yeah. of Duty Alpha. It, they're all together. And I really like that because yeah. there's that drives me absolutely crazy when I'm going through my games years after the beta mm-hmm. happened. And I'm like, oh, yep, still got this Call of Duty Black Ops beta that. here that well, I, I could hide. But Yeah, there's no folders anymore. So everything is like lumped together per game. So, for mm-hmm. example, I've got um, PS, like a PS4 and a PS5 version of Bug Snacks. And so if you go to Bug Snacks on my, I don't even know if you'd call it the cross media bar anymore, you know? If you go to Bug Snacks, like the the game in the library, it um like and you press the options button, it can show you the PS4 version and you can go to it and then download it if you want to. But also themes are gone. But what they do instead, which I much prefer, so I typically always have a theme on my PlayStation. I'll have like a Persona 5 theme, and that's PS4 wide, like plays the music. Um, whereas now on PS5, like each game kind of does like a full screen takeover um featuring music from that game i assume if it's optimized because like persona 5 royal has it like it plays persona music then you tab over to miles morales and miles morales will have like a nice big graphic and it'll play miles music and all of them pretty much all of them have to have that um which is really nice and it just feels a lot more i don't know I don't know like it's it's not just around one game it's about all the games that you have also they finally this is my last point but it shows your game play hours oh and yeah some I, controversy about this though right Wait, really is that controversy this is, this is something well, that I've I've been so frustrated not being able to know uh what I've unhealthily put time into on well PS4. good news because they're retroactive on PS4 Perfect. so let's play a game how long do you think I've played Overwatch for? Was, Given that I didn't play, I didn't play it on, I didn't play it on PlayStation for like over a year, maybe two, and I was on PC. How many is, hours do you think I put into Overwatch? Is this your accumulated time, even on the PS4 as well, or just? No, so this PS5? is this is just PS4 and five. Six hundred hours. Less. I was gonna say three hundred and thirty. More. Mm. I'm not. I'm not going to say because I know. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know what it is. Five hundred. Yeah, it's like four hundred seventy. Damn. Well, what I was going to say is there's a bit of controversy on this. Tamor knows what's going to happen here because Uh-oh. apparently. Oh yeah, yeah. He's only it's, put hundred hours. It in says, Bloodborne. It says I played hundred hours of Bloodborne, but if you count That's the save, if, if, if you I'm count your crown, I'm taking your crown. crown. If you count the save files there, <laughs> if you count the save files there, it comes to more than hundred. So I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> How does your maths work here? I'm pretty sure my first playthrough of that game was like almost 50. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like that, that's, that's so I think there's some weird like time when it starts calculating it from. I should have asked this question yesterday when we had a meeting with Sony. Damn. But um yeah, I think it's like calculating from a certain point. Or like there's something weird with it. Like another thing I found which is kind of strange is like it it's it won't it's forgotten all my Sekiro data. Like I, my save files won't even work. Like Wait, it, I what? tried, I pulled down all my save files from the cloud mm-hmm. and I loaded up Sekiro and it was like, no. Are you play, which account are you playing on? On my main account. But my wasn't, UK I account. Sekiro so I played, for... I played Sekiro on my US account for review, Ooh, but then, that could be it. no, but then I restarted it and I went, 
some way through the game on my UK account, but it doesn't have that half finished save file. It's just you, asked me to play new. Did you so get like, it from like within the settings, like the main console settings menu? Yeah. You can't just upload, download, saves data from the um, yeah like the game the bar. Panel. You have to go yeah. into like the full system settings. Yeah, I, I grabbed it from the settings, so I'm like, oh, I'm upset. So I'm going to have to try and manually move it over. Yeah. Um, well, with that, Tamar, what are your thoughts on the controller? Because that's something people were very curious about last week, but we couldn't really get into all of the neat new additions mm. and details. I really like the new controller. It's really grown on me. Um, the I, I think the, the main things I like about it is slightly heftier than the DualShock 4, but not as heavy as the Elite 2. Um, I, re- I think the Elite 2 is the best controller around right now. Um, so it's got a nice heft to it. Uh, I feel like the buttons, they look kind of clicky and maybe kind of a bit severe to press, but actually they're really comfortable. Excuse me. Um, they, yeah, they, they somehow they've got like the, the stylistic kind of approach, the aesthetic of remember the white PSP, mm-hmm. it, yeah. they look kind of like the buttons on that, but they feel like standard DualShock, uh, buttons with a, perhaps with less squishy um more tactile feeling the the triggers feel a little more clicky as well um but in a satisfying way not as much like travel to them that feels dead um but like the main thing in there is the haptics and the actual like the resistance you get on the triggers which are genuinely it feels like a what i thought was a gimmick is potentially a game changer if if people use it really well um mm-hmm. spider-man does a okay job of using it it feels fairly basic you get tension when you're spinning your webs and firing them while traveling um and you get stuff like um the haptics kick in when you are you know on the subway or you can feel like the subway a train nearby or like a phone vibrates etc etc um astros playroom is a much better example of it um there's that game is designed to show off what that controller can do and boy howdy does it like it really really goes in it's got like really interesting stuff happening there with like the way the bows used, the way different guns feel, um, traversal stuff. You can jump into different mechs and et cetera, et cetera. And um, they all feel different. Uh, and it works in a way that kind of feels uniform to it. It doesn't feel like a gimmick at all. Um, it just enhances the experience and you feel like it's just a natural extension of what you're seeing on screen and doing with your hands, which is, I think the best thing you can say about implementation like this, like regardless of what console did it and how successful, like the Wii successfully implemented motion controls, but it always felt, still felt like a gimmick. Like it, it was always a novelty. This feels like they've found a nice way to introduce a gimmick that doesn't feel like a gimmick if all a novelty. It just feels like an important part of the gameplay experience. Of course, for it to actually be that, developers need to actually support it and implement it. And I'm not sure what the policy is for um, Sony. Like, are they enforcing that on third-party games uh, and studios? I know that we can expect that at least their own games will make the most of them. Um but yeah, I, I don't know, like Lucy, you played Ghost of Tsushima. What was it like with that? With the controller and stuff? Yeah. Like it feels it feels nicer. Like because I played a bunch of on the PS4 and like the PS4 the controller is good, battery life is shit. Um and it feels nicer definitely in the dual sense. But actually, because I've been playing a lot on my Elite 
series two, which I love that controller, but one thing I'll definitely say is like the vibrate on the Elite is so loud. Like oh, yeah. it's super, super loud. And the dual sense is really, really quiet when it vibrates. So that's something that I never really thought about. Um but it's really it's really cool. Like I, I like that controller a lot. Um it's just very elegant. Like it feels way better in my hand. I'll put it that way. Hmm. A lot of people have been saying like, oh, I can't wait to see what it'll do with first person shooters. Like it'll lock up the triggers when your gun jams. And I was like, I don't can't think of a game where your gun jams, except for Far Cry 2, which gets me thinking we need a spiritual successor to Far <laughs> Cry 2 or a remake because that is the best Far Cry game. Oh, I think but I like, somewhere that there, there is going to be a game where they do that. Is it? Deathloop. Oh, Deathloop. Yeah, yeah, Deathloop. There's that ability where you can lock up someone's guns, which is which is awesome. Like that sounds real. That sounds like a really good implementation. Also, like going so far as you know how, you know how when every game does that thing where you when you're shooting like a turret or a minigun, you hold it down for too long and the the kind of sway on it goes too far. Like Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be just that anymore. It could be like you could feel it like getting pushed back and it's getting Yeah. yeah fighting back and like you have to try and control it or even you know bow and arrow holding it down every every game does that thing where you know you hold it back for too long the draw bow's drawn the string's drawn for too long and the character's arm yeah. starts shaking like you just turn that into like an actual bit of resistance in the thing mm-hmm. like it there's so much that can be done like first person shooters like sci-fi style guns like you know i think about what overwatch 2 could do like every character in that game has a different kind of firing mechanism a gun you know using zarya for example in the modern day uh, in the current version like her beam versus her ball reapers shotguns soldiers you know um assault rifle everything could feel really really distinct and unique to the point where you know you would you'd be able to identify who you're playing as without looking at the screen you know so i i like the idea of what and the potential that has yeah, I even think about like Red Dead Redemption Two, like and cleaning guns, and like the fact that the guns like will wear and tear over time, and, and like what you can do in making that actually feel feel it through how you're shooting, like as if like you know over a span of time of I don't know 10, 15 hours with a single gun, you know, it getting harder to pull the trigger down until you clean it or something like that. Mm, that would be good. Speaking of that, though, the last question I have is about accessibility. Are you able to turn that off? Like, say you don't have the finger strength or I I don't know, there's some reason why you can't push back maybe as much. Accessibility Mm. options on PlayStation 5 are really good. Like screen reader is on by default um, and it does like chat transcripts, like you can voice dictate and also it can take um, voice chat from games and then write it out for you, um, which is really cool. But yeah, you can change the strength of the vibration on the DualSense controller from within the menu. Very cool. Cool. Any last things you guys want to mention about the PS5 before we talk briefly about the Series X? I don't think I'm going to talk too long just because we've talked about it a lot as mm. is. Yeah, I, I, I really, I really like the console. Mm. Like it's is I think Matt's kind of alludes to it. Like they did, they did a they did a good console with the PS4. Like they pulled it back off the PS3 as. Kurt, as you know, you've been writing about this stuff nonstop for the past few months. Like the comeback story on the on the PS4, three to four, um, was quite something. And like the tricky thing that they faced was how do you do something? How do you follow that up? And without doing anything that knocks them off the course, rocks the boat, and you know pushes them off the success path that they're on. 
ordinarily you'd think, and when they first started talking about the PS5, it sounded like they were trying to do a small iteration. But it feels like the console is a little more bold than we initially expected, visually and also in terms of implementation. I think they've struck a nice balance between introducing new features that feel important and valuable without trying to mix it up too much so it alienates all the people that have come on board. Like this is very much isn't a PS2 to PS3 situation. This feels like a PS1 to PS2 situation, which I think is the best thing you can say about that transition. That's the best transition that they've had up until this point. It's from success to success, not failure to success or awkwardness to something a little more streamlined. This is a console that feels like it's leveraging the success of the previous one and putting itself in a position to continue that. Yeah, having played a lot with the Series X now, I kind of get a slightly different impression uh, with that console than the PS5 based on what you said, just because the Series X really does feel like an upgraded Xbox, and that's not necessarily bad. Mm. Uh, Like, everything is super snappy. It feels like a next-gen console. It just doesn't do a lot of super exciting things with the control, for example. Like the control is the same apart from, I think it's a little bit smaller and they added the share button, which to be fair, I love the Xbox controller. So it's like, it's not bro- or if it's not broke, don't fix it, which I'm, I'm totally cool with. I think the big thing about the Series X that I think people are really excited for that really sets it apart from the PlayStation is Quick Resume, which we mm-hmm. talked about a little bit earlier which for those who don't know, basically lets you switch between games in suspended states pretty quickly. Uh, I have a lot of thoughts on that because I think it's a really great idea, but I don't think it works as well as it should quite yet. Mostly because you don't really know what games are going to get suspended and what aren't. Typically it's around five to six, I think, according to Michael's review. But if you, I don't know, open another game, one could close and you may not know about it. Oh, interesting. So I personally have been saving every time I'm done and want to swap. And then I usually just close the game anyway. But I also am not one who's switching games on the fly constantly. I was for review purposes and when I was capturing footage for Michael's review and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But for me, that's not a huge seller. I think what's more exciting about the Xbox to me is just like the raw power of that thing is something that, I think is really exciting. And the backwards compatibility is something that really excites me about this console because for the first time ever, I feel like at least in a very long time, I have so many games to play on this console right off the bat. And I know people are pretty disappointed that there's no true next gen titles apart from Yakuza maybe. Uh, and that that is totally fair. Like if if I wasn't in this industry, I probably would have waited to get one. However, using it and just being able to like launch up original Xbox games I bought years ago is is awesome. And, and typically they look better too with that mm. auto HDR thing they've added. And they seem to run great. Like I have I've had zero issues with backwards compatibility. I was playing a lot of Sekiro and that in particular was was great. Like it ran incredibly smooth uh it, it, with high resolutions and it just felt really good and i started playing on xbox one x for sekiro and then i played on pc and now i'm going to series x and while i still see the benefits of playing on pc it's it's nearly indistinguishable at least from my current setup Mm. which is nice um Mm. but yeah overall i'm impressed with the xbox but i don't 
think it's it's as big of a next gen step in terms of I guess hardware as maybe the PS5 is especially when talking about that control and whatnot. Mm. Yeah, in terms of like hardware in in like doing new things, I think what I think I like about the Xbox is it's it's a do-over. Like this is how the Xbox 1 would have gone if Big Phil was in charge from the start, I think. Mm-hmm. And it takes a lot of what the old console tried to do and and was like kind of shoe not shoehorned but like forced into doing to make it make good on on you know what it is in the past few years at the kind of like behest of phil and the rest of the team the new leadership but now it does it in a more natural way you know what i'm saying it's it's like it feels it feels like it's not being it feels like it's trying to do what it want what they want it to do with few with none of the burdens that it, you know the initial wave of Xbox um, business decisions and hardware decisions um, had to contend with, and it's it's a really like nice console. Like it's a really cool, really slick, really quietly confident console, which is what I love about it. It's just like it is incredibly powerful, but it's also very understated in a lot of ways, and it it just works. Is the thing that is like really cool about it and big mac vibes here by the way <laughs> yeah huge it mac just vibe. works it just no works frills. it just works and like the irony is like almost apple all apple's products they don't just work yeah they, like, st- they've stopped using that uh, <laughs> yeah because they are they are a nightmare hellscape of like fucking ecosystems and uh, ob- planned obsolescence etc cetera, etc cetera. but yeah it's it's just a good console and i'm excited to have a working xbox you know what I mean? Like uh, one that doesn't constantly let me down. I bought the Xbox One on on launch, and it like it wasn't working well from the outset. Like I yeah, immediately that launch Xbox One was yeah it was it was rough. Like I couldn't I couldn't connect to my uh, most of my con- controllers to it for an extended period of time. They would lose connection constantly, and then it was slow and sluggish. So it just feels good to have a working Xbox, you know? And I can finally see, like, what they were trying to go for with that, you know, UI, and now it's enhanced with the new uh, features. As a consumer, I feel like it'd be easy to look at something like the Xbox Series X and not see it as something as exciting, as exciting, as something that Sony is doing with PlayStation 5 to some degree. But I think also to the same point as someone who's who, who's, who knows the history of, of Xbox and the iterations they've made through the consoles. I think you said it really well, Tam, uh, like where you said this is this is a redo over. And I think that's like for the brand, for the sake of its identity, is what it needed to do more so than say we're doing something new and exciting. It's rather just to replace themselves as we can make a video game console exceptionally well without you know the bells and whistles that some other consoles may have to to push themselves on so that is like somebody who doesn't have the console yet is super enticed by and like super excited for just to have something like you said like the mac apple world just works just works yeah i mean and we talked about a little bit beforehand but setting up the console is very straightforward very easy playing right away i mean i had to download a bunch of shit which took forever uh, but that was more so internet speeds. But but another thing too that I have really appreciated is the fact that any game that I played on Xbox One that I download on this console, my save just transfers immediately. And this is something that Xbox has been doing for a while now. Mm. Uh, but it's just kind of a nice 
feeling to know that I don't have to do anything. I don't need to start up my old consoles, start transferring saves. All I have to do is download the game. When I start it, it'll be like syncing cloud saves and I'm good to go. And, and and like, I don't know, to me, that's such a wild feeling, especially when I'm playing like Alan Wake or something like that, right? Like a mm-hmm. game that came out over a decade ago. A 360 that, game. Yeah. <laughs> so so to me, it's just, it, it's wild that it it works that easily. Yeah. Uh, that I, I truly, really appreciate that. I think something that I, from me, again, the man who has not touched either one of them, the thing that I'm so, uh, that I think is the most interesting and fascinating about this next generation is that this is the first time these two consoles doesn't feel like they're trying anything drastic, like you said, Tam, earlier. Like it's like the PS1 to the PS2. It's like you just have a better version of that thing. And it's fascinating to see that both of these dudes go through the, the, the trials and errors of trying to go above and beyond and then dialing it back. And then even, you know, I don't know, like last generation when it was said that uh, mobile gaming was going to be the thing and that console gaming wasn't going to be a thing anymore. Mm. Um, and now we're in a place where those con like these new consoles feel like they are exactly what they're supposed to be. Video game yeah, consoles. I th- and I th- that gets me excited. I think that speaks to maybe this is like, this is something I've been thinking about and it's slightly tangential, but like, I think it speaks to a, an acquired confidence from the industry in itself. Like, I think we finally reached a stage where people who make games and produce, um, you know, uh, platforms in them have finally realized games don't need to be anything but game, but games. They don't need, they don't need to chase mobile. Don't need to be TV centers because the industry is eclipsing most other industries. We've reached a point where. We've taken elements of other ancillary industries like the mobile gaming industry and, you know, like the media center stuff and et cetera, et cetera. And we've subsumed them and made them work in a way that fits for gaming, but without subverting the core purpose of video game machines. They don't take center stage or they don't, don't, don't take priority over games. And I think we're finally like, because of that, these console manufacturers and platform holders are okay with not trying to be stupid with it anymore. Like not trying to be like, this is an always on media device that we want to be underneath your, your uh, TV. And that's something like Phil Spencer has always hopped on about. He's like, I just want this to play games well and everything else is a bonus. And it's something that Sony has finally figured out as well. Like we know this thing is a device made to play games. Let's make it easy to make games and experience games. So we don't have a cell processor anymore. And like Nintendo's off doing that on their own as well with like, we're going to come up with interesting new ways to give people that experience of gaming, but, you know, come at it from a different angle. Fundamentally, the Switch is still the two types of core gaming experiences that Nintendo presents in a new form. It doesn't go too far. So I think that's a really good indicator of where the, the way these consoles look and the way they perform and the things that they do are a really good indicator of confidence the industry has in itself now. I should write that down as a feature or something. You should. That's a really, that's a really good point. Uh, Kurt, I'm going to put you on the spot. Hi. But as as the the, the person here who does not have a next gen console, I'm sorry. That's what okay. what are you kind of leaning towards? In terms of like what one I'm ex- more excited for. Yeah, or? I mean, I don't want to make it like a like a, a competition here, but oh, I'm just kind of curious. Like I what think- like if you had to pick one, what do you think you would end up picking? This is so this is as controversial even for me to say. Um, 
I've like, it's not that like I'm an almighty, like all is knowing, but I've never felt an, an there's, I've gone through the ebb and flow of having like an intense uh, bias towards maybe one brand over the other, but over like the past generation between Sony and Xbox, um, I kind of grew a weird affinity towards how Microsoft has managed to steer its ship during the Xbox one. Like the mm-hmm. Xbox one was a console that, you know, I laughed at as many, many other people did. Um, and it felt good to finally have a PlayStation, you know, console that was nothing but a good console like the PlayStation four heading into this next generation. I will say like, I've been swooned by a lot of, of just the, like the stance Microsoft has taken within itself and like, no, it doesn't have haptic feedback and it's like this very special controller to do these, this, these special things. But I do appreciate the, like the, the minimalistic, but also a more simplistic, but like confident stance on what it is and what it's trying to accomplish. And I do think game stuff like game pass is like a godsend to me. Um, so You've been seduced by Big Phil. Yeah, it's uh, Xbox closing. Xbox Daddy X. Like it's it's truly it's it's amazing. And I think if anything, it's just I, I appreciate the uh the transparency, or at least what feels like the transparency with Microsoft and Phil Spencer and trying to be more pro-consumer, especially because even for me as a like I always saw the Xbox, Xbox 360 and Xbox One as these as anti-consumer products to some degree. So I'm just excited to be excited for an Xbox console. That's really like what it comes down to is like, this is the first time I'll ever be having an Xbox console day one. Um, so that's just a new experience for me, but that, you know, but suffice to say, like I'll also be having a PS5 sometime mm-hmm. within, its, within its launch date since I'll be picking it up in the middle of the street. <laughs> yeah. No, I'll so, bring it up. No, I think like I'm I'm ecstatic to have both of them. I'm ecstatic to play Demon Souls, but in a weird way, I'm just more so excited to be like kind of a new Xbox user in a way, like a, yeah. like one who's having who's had the system day one. Because honestly, my Xbox, my first OG Xbox, that was found in a reboot car that I that my dad was able to give to me, and then my Xbox 360, I bought off Craigslist in the ghetto from a kid on a four wheeler ATV just to play Deadly Premonition, and then I died in, in five months. So, and then my Xbox One was a hand-me-down from someone else who had gone to 1X. So this is like, that's it. That's it. That, that's the spot that I put on. I'm just excited to be someone who's like their front center for both consoles within, you know, a reasonable launch window. Yeah, it's it's a good, it's a good comeback story. Kind of like what you were saying earlier about the PS3 to PS4. Exactly. Like they kind of had that comeback and now it feels like Microsoft has kind of taken their shot at it. And, uh, and yeah, both are, both are exciting. Anyway, we have more next-gen console stuff to talk about. We've got a bunch of questions here that we're going to get into right now, but we're going to kind of move through them a little quickly because most of them are super in-depth. Remember, if you have any questions, you can email us at afterdarkpodcast at gamespot.com or you can join our Discord by DMing myself, Tamora, or Lucy, and we'll get you right in there where you can ask any question you like. Well... Within reason, I would say. Our mods might disagree. But uh, with that said, the first one here is from Diseased Gecko. Lucy, do you want to read this one? Yes. Have you been able to test out the systems on both 60 hertz and 120 hertz TVs? And if so, do you feel like the difference is worth upgrading? Personally, I notice frame rates more on PC because I'm much closer to the monitor and less so when I'm on my couch, much further away from the TV. Uh, From me personally, nope. Haven't done it don't have the ability 
to, or at least it, I'm, I'm not technologically minded enough in order to do it. So I leave it in the hands of people more knowledgeable than me. Yeah, I don't have a TV that supports 120 hertz, unfortunately. I do. Have oh, I, have, I have the same TV as Tam, so. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't either. I think I think those are those are kind of hard to come by, aren't they? They're very expensive and hard yeah. to come by. Yeah, so most only not. have one HDMI two point one port too. Yeah. So you you'd have to like hot swap them. But uh, this is probably a bad question to add. I probably should have asked that first. But I don't have one either, so I haven't tested one hundred twenty <laughs> frames. That being said, though, I know Matt and John Luke yeah. both have. Don't doesn't Michael's Michael? Well? Might, Michael, yeah, Michael has as well. Michael did as well, yeah. So you can read some of that in his review and uh, watch it in his uh, video review on youtube.com forward slash GameSpot. But yeah, we, we personally don't, but the experience, um, they have, they he has definitely assessed it a bit. Yeah, it's also like, it seems like most games aren't going to do 120 frames, at least not yet. I think right now, uh, Gears 5 on the Series X is one that can do that. If you do multiplayer, I don't even think you can do it in single player. Uh, but Honestly, Michael pointed out in his review, like what's more exciting to me is that a lot of these games can now do 4K60 and do that pretty solidly. And as of right now, I'm totally cool with that. I have a 144 hertz monitor for my PC that I that I, I can use so I can do high frame rates on PC. But like, I don't know, I, maybe I just don't have an eye for it, but the Series X feels pretty smooth to me. I'm cool with that. I will probably try out 120 frames when I can, when I buy one of these expensive TVs. But as of now, I I, I haven't I haven't been like it hasn't felt like a detriment not being mm. able to do 120 frames. But that could change as more games come out. And you can get the answer to that probably next week. Yes. When they're both on the podcast. Oh. Yes. Next question here is from Carbon to more. Do you want to read this one? Um, does the eject button and power button feel different on the PS5? I don't want to accidentally power off my console while I'm trying to eject and eject the disc and vice versa. Um, um I don't think they feel different. They I've just got too... mine right here. Let me look. Yeah. There's just, you just got to know. Honestly, like I've reached a stage where I try not to touch the buttons on the console. Um, I use my controller to do all of it. Um, and Yeah. So I'm not really, I've pressed it maybe once to turn it on the first time I plugged it in. Um, also like the buttons are on, like they're part of the glossy front finish. So I try and keep my fingers away from that thing. Yeah. Lucy's so back with lab I'm back. Um, so it's, um, the power button is longer, um, but this is actually a criticism I have about the headset and uh, Matt brought it up in his review as well as that like all the buttons are really long and thin and they're not really discernible between them so like the the headset the um pulse headset has like volume and prioritize party chat or game or you know all these buttons and it's very difficult to figure out especially when you're not looking at them which one is which and actually the difference between the power button and the inject button uh very similar like you have to really get up there and look at it in the light to see at, but at least at least it's not capacitive is it capacitive if, at least it's when you when you touch it it doesn't do the thing that you yes. think it's going to do but also cause... it's it's not hidden within the depths of the mm. body of the console like the playstation 4 buttons are like the the proper buttons yeah i hope we don't see consoles with the little not button yeah what was with switches? that last generation 
I don't know why. Tomorrow, the reason I had to read it, because didn't you have that tweet that pissed yeah. off a lot of Sony fanboys yeah. that was like, uh, gun to my head, I couldn't tell you what does what. Yeah, gun to my head if you asked me to turn on the PS5 without looking at the button. PS4. My, or PS4, my funeral will be next week. <laughs> I think it was something like that. And, and people were, gamers were mad. What? Surprise, surprise. Next one here is from Gray Fox. How long are charging times for controllers any different than previous gen? So with Xbox, I've only been playing with uh, batteries because that's that's the, the option there. Double batteries. Why are they still doing that? I got flack for bringing that up in the unboxing, and I was like, "Really? What? This is the hill you want to die on?" Yeah, the it, controllers. Yeah. Is, someone, is someone in support of it? It's like I want yeah. batteries in my controller. I want to buy them. No, and then go people go through the process of disposing them too people criticized me because i said the new controller for the xbox was light and they were like oh it doesn't have the batteries in i was like how much do you think two double a batteries weigh how much <laughs> they better, do you they better think? have a scale when they come when that thing comes out yeah. anyway uh but the controller lasts a long time i've had to change batteries once and i've probably played god i don't know how many hours i've played because i don't have a tracker but like ps5 but i'm sure it's a lot because it's been on a lot these mm-hmm. last couple weeks it charges pretty quickly, the PS5 one. Um, yep. I can't speak. The, the The problem is like I have a charging dock for the PS5, which is great. It's like really easy to drop controllers in. And for the Xbox, I'm using the Elite 2, which comes with that little case that you can plug mm. a cable to the back in. Um, and then whenever you put it in the case, it's charging it. Um, so I can't really tell. But I know the PS5 uh, DualSense uh, controller lasts around 12 hours but it's it's got quick charging. I wouldn't say it's got the you know patented fast charge technology. It just charges pretty quickly. Yeah. Next question here uh, is from Trilance. How different do boot load times actually feel? It's one thing for them to obviously be faster, but does it feel faster or do you still get that waiting feeling? I mean, loading times are still there. Uh, you at least the games that I've been testing, they're, they're still there. They're just considerably faster. I think it really depends on the game you're playing. Like I, I've i never been like, I don't know. I, I've never been champing at the bit for my game to load, uh, but it does feel significantly better. Well, the uh, thing like is Red Dead now, launches in under a minute. Yeah, if you the thing is now, it's like faster load times means less time to doom scroll. So that's yes. true, yeah. which is something we don't need right now. <laughs> Which I just did a little one right now, just to see where we're at. And spoilers, we're recording this on Thursday. Still in the same spot we were in last oh, night. Geez. So <laughs> I have I've had nightmares. Yeah. It's very bizarre. Big anxiety about it. Uh yeah. but in terms of bootload times PS five, um I was playing a bit of Bloodborne, playing it uh on the internal hard drive much faster to boot into that game, especially like the big difference is like going to and from Hunter's Dream. Um you, but you still you still have load times. Like uh, Miles Morales is maybe the one game where it doesn't have a load screen. So I'm interested to see what happens with Demon Souls. Um, you know, games that have been purposefully made to show off the tech, rather than um, you know games like Bloodborne and Ghost and God of War. PS4 games brought to PS5 that have boost mode in. Like there've been some optimizations on God of War. I haven't tried that yet. Ghost of Tsushima still had loading times, but you know. Is quicker. As another example to The Witcher on Xbox Series X, when I fast traveled, it literally just dipped to black and then faded back that's up. And I was where I wanted to be, Ridiculous. which is crazy if you played The Witcher 3 on Xbox One because those loading times were long. Yeah. 
uh, it's much quicker to get back to the hunter's dream in Bloodborne, which you love to see it. That's where you spent your hundred hours. Just yeah. going to and from. I'm just, <laughs> just leaving. I, I wonder if, I mean, it must do, but there will be an impact on speedrunning. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. There'll have to be a new category, right? They're gonna. Everyone's going to want to play on new consoles unless I updates mean, prevent them. I guess, but um, this is like a, a side note. But uh, so we are no longer part of CBS. We're part of Red Ventures, and uh, I joined their gaming Slack the other day. Um, and there are people in there who speed run, and I'm like, oh, oh really? We've come, we've come to a good place. Yeah, there's a guy in there who just speed runs Zelda all the time. We don't have people that speed run in <laughs> our games <laughs> boss. Like, yeah, we do have Max. We've got Max. I was yeah. about to say Max would probably yeah. be the equivalent of of you know somebody who's. Uh, I don't know if you want to call it breaking or just creating things and systems and games I didn't know existed that, that mm-hmm. work almost, yeah. you know, like they were intended. But yeah, I think Max would probably be the, the top tier dude mm-hmm. of, of, of that category. Mm-hmm. Kurt, do you want to read this next question for us? Oh, I certainly. Is it one that I, that's probably one that I can't answer? Uh, is this the How Silent? Yes. How silent are both the Series X and the PS5? And do both get hot at all? And I can tell you, Super PV3, I don't know. <laughs> no idea. Uh, PS5 is very, very, very quiet. Um, like, I think the difference is I was playing something. I was playing Ghost on my PS4 Pro. And it was like... <laughs> yeah. Like just super super loud, and then I played the same game on my PS5, uh, and it was silent. So I mean, like not not silent, silent, but like barely discernible. Like yeah, I was about to ask, like, can you hear it? And so it sounds like you can hear it a little bit, but I mean, but also, have you noticed an influx at all? I'm a foot away from my PlayStation at the minute because I've got it next to my desk to capture, but it's super quiet. Um, But when I had it like on my table, like on my stand next to my TV. I can barely hear it at all. Yeah, as Michael said in his Series X review, it is whisper quiet. I haven't started up a game. I haven't heard it. And the other thing too is that it doesn't seem to get hot. I know during the pre, some of the preview units were getting pretty hot. I think Mm -hmm. there were some news stories about. But so far, like after I play a lot, I'll like touch the top to see if it's hot. And so far, it seems fine. Maybe it's just because I don't have anything on top of it, so there's plenty of room to vent which you should do no matter which console you end up getting. Make sure you give it space to vent. But that being said, it seems pretty reasonable. I think as well, I mean, the big question is always make sure your consoles have adequate ventilation. But the thing that I love about the how hot question is like, who's who's out there touching? Like, who's coddling their, with it? Who's out there feeling mm. their consoles all the time? Just let it have enough ventilation. Who's, who's <laughs> using it as a foot warmer? And it won't overheat. There you go. I've, I'm, uh, I have a one. Uh, I'm sorry. I just have a base Xbox One, like the mm-hmm. like the first iteration, and I've never heard that thing make a sound while playing it. Like yeah, it's never gotten loud ever. Quiet. So I'm always, you know, surprised when I like turn on the PS4 just to go through its menu, and it is like screaming mm-hmm. at me. So mm-hmm. I've never even experienced that with an Xbox. Yeah, I mean, I guess the test too could be later in the generation though, when more games exactly. come out. But I think having the SSD would probably help considerably because. There's no hard drive spinning in there. Yeah, I'm interested to see how, I think, yeah, like you said, when we get further in the generation where games like, um, I mean, even Cyberpunk, I'm very interested to see how um, consoles attack that. But we're not getting ray tracing on console, are we? 
not right it? away. No, I don't not right think. away. So maybe yeah, later on down the line. I'll, I'll keep checking the the temperature. I'll have a little thermometer up top when I place. I've got over. my I've got my just in case I have COVID thermometer. So. <laughs> Uh, last question here is from Gargoyle Dad. How are the share and upload the social features on each platform? I don't think any of us have shared any images directly from the console to social because we can't. Not allowed to. But I have messed around with the the share button on uh, Xbox, and it is so nice to have that there instead of, I think with the Xbox one, it was like double tap yeah, and then press Y or X, depending on if you wanted a it screenshot. Really yeah, yeah um, it, it was kind of awkward with this. You just tap it for a screenshot, hold it down for a clip, uh, and seems to work great uh playstation wise tap in the create button um there are three different like ways you can have your shortcuts which are really cool um and it's it, it's just it's yeah it's nice it, it's good i like the way that they've changed up the media gallery too like you can favorite images and videos now you can uh every time you get a trophy it adds a nice little border to tell you what the trophy is and what the rarity is um so yeah it's yeah haven't been able to upload though but you can link your twitch twitter facebook accounts in the main menu and then something else i can't remember what it is cool well that's all the questions we have this week make sure to come back next week because we are going to do a review discussion between michael hyam who's on the side of the xboxes and matt paget who's on the side of playstation 5 uh but before we wrap up we do have gamespot extra life and it is coming very soon GameSpot staff will be doing our annual 72-hour stream of Palooza starting November 20th at 12 p.m. Pacific. We'll be streaming with various members of GameSpot staff and friends to help raise money for UCSF Benioff Children's Hospital. You can check out our Extra Life page at http. I should have just said tiny.cc slash gsextralife2020. We'll be updating it with more details such as the schedule closer to the event. But that's not all this year. We want the community to be more involved. If you're interested in streaming, yourself under the banner of team GameSpot, you can join by visiting tiny.cc slash gs extra life team you can stream anytime during the month of november we'll be coordinating community streams in the discord so make sure to join if you haven't already we look forward to making this one of the best ones yet with the help of all you wonderful folks it is november now so if you want to stream do it do it help us out you can see but jake did the two big uh, thumbs up there i I did the two big thumbs up uh Watch me stream Metal Gear. Metal Gear. Tomorrow we should probably do some like Soulsborne yeah. streams as well. We'll figure that out. Uh, this will be this will undoubtedly be a very interesting extra life because we are going to be doing it remotely. So wish us luck, <laughs> even if you don't think you can make it. Make it, please. Wish Jean Luc luck. <laughs> anyway, with that, Lucy, what are you working on, and where can people find you? Oh, a lot of. Um, actually, I think most of my PS5 stuff is done. Uh, I'm helping out on Assassin's Creed uh, content, hashtag content. Um, so, yeah, youtube.com slash gamespot, gamespot.com for all that. Uh, and I'm on Twitter at Lucy James Games. Tamora, how about you? Uh, I I don't do anything anymore. Um, you can find me at tw- on Twitter at Tamora H. And Kurt? I have not been, I mean, I've been doing some video features, but it's usually kind of some perishable stuff that's been happening week in, week out. So if you just go to youtube.com slash GameSpot, you could probably see something with my voice on it. Uh, But as we're approaching the end of this generation, just going to plug the show Remember When that we did because we've got quite a few, we got the trilogy of, of stories with some of these 
the Nintendo Wii U as well as the Xbox One and the PS3. And we have uh, kind of a deep dive into what happened with them and how they came out of it and what put them in a better position now. So if you guys have a chance, go check those out. Remember when Xbox, PS3, and the Wii U. And you can find me on Twitter at Kurt underscore Indovina. Cool. As you can find me at Jacob Deck, and our Xbox review is live that I cut, our Series X review, so make sure to check that out. We should have the Series S review coming very soon, so make sure to check that out. And I also helped cut Michael's Yakuza review, which is really good. And if you're on the fence about that game, you should check out that review because it'll probably inspire you to uh, pick it up along with your Series X. PS5 review should also be up. Uh, if this is going up tomorrow at 8 a.m., PS5 it certainly should be is. up. Then so should Astrobot and, and Miles Spider-Man. Morales. So it's a big couple weeks of hashtag next gen content. Hell yeah. We'll see y'all next week. See ya. Bye.